After a long spring break, we're finally back. Here at 88.1 The Berg, we are doing yet another basketball podcast, of course, with the Mac and Miles show. Miles King has done a great job here at 88.1 The Berg with his product, with the Mac and Miles show. But now he's heading off to bigger and better things. So that brings in a new class here at 88.1 The Berg. I'm your host, Danny DeBuck, for this show, the Dan and Dill show. And of course, each and every week, we will have a special guest Dylan Cooley all the way from Tacoma Washington Dylan how are you my friend I'm doing great Danny how are you doing it's it's awesome to be here so let's fill in for all the listeners who do not know you that well Dylan tell us a little bit about your basketball credentials and what makes you the basketball character that you are today uh so I've been playing basketball my whole life I played at Cascade Christian High School in Puyallup, Washington. We played twice in the state tournament when I was there. I have the all-time record for most threes in a career, most threes in a season, most threes in a game. I'm on the all-time scoring list on third. I don't know exactly how many career points. but And then I was going to go play college basketball at Northwest University in Kirkland, but ended up not working out. And I came home and started coaching. So now I'm the head junior high basketball coach at Cascade Christian, and I'm an assistant on the high school varsity team. And I also help out with Clutch Basketball, which is an AAU program out of Tacoma, and I coach the fifth and sixth grade team for that program. So you have a lot of basketball experience under your belt. Now let's 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 go right into and let's first begin with our first topic. Of course, Mac and Miles they specialize in the NBA so, scheme of things, but we're gonna go in what's hot recently, and that is March Madness. As as we turn the calendar into April, and right before March left us, it gave us a dandy of a game between Michigan State and Duke. It was Kenny Goins who only scored 10 points yesterday, but three of them came at the most opportune time. His three late essentially sealed the game for the Michigan State Spartans to beat an impressive Duke team that has really impressed us, and it's almost a shame that this Duke team is out before the Final Four, Dylan. Yeah, it really is a shame. I mean, you see guys on that team like R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, who Zion Williamson might be the most unique college basketball recruit we've had since, you know, maybe 10 years. Maybe maybe Anthony Davis was just as impressive at Kentucky, but Zion is just something that we've barely ever seen before. Zion having scored 24 points, that was a team high, and also having 14 rebounds in a losing effort. And then you, you can't forget R.J. Barrett as well, also scoring 21 points, and he, was, he had six rebounds and six assists. These two guys are clearly, the, they might be the class of the NBA in the near future. Well, maybe Zion, but R.J. Barrett, he's a, he might be a little bit underrated and under the radar because of the publicity that Zion gets, but... Could you see these guys having success later on in the future? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Zion has proven that he can be just athletically dominant compared to other Division One athletes, so I think that he'll make his way right into the NBA. And R.J. Barrett is definitely, I don't know if I would say he's underrated because he's very highly rated. I think he was actually the number one recruit in that class his senior year. And I think that 
RJ Barrett has all the tools to be a great NBA player too. I see him more like a Jason Tatum, maybe a Kyle Kuzma, where they can just straight put the ball in the basket. And that's what you're looking for, and that's what many teams are are seeking out in the NBA. They're trying to find uh, an asset who can rely on those threes and has that presence to also pass the ball well. Well, we all know that R.J. Barrett and Zion are are very well equipped for for the NBA, but that also brings up the ongoing question. And first of all, we want to hear what your opinion is, Dylan, on one-and-dones. Do they belong or should they go straight to the NBA? What's your what's your take on this controversial topic? When you say they go straight to the NBA, what what do you mean? Because they have to take that year. If do you, do you think the one year off should or the one year should legitimately be an idea or a concept straight out or should should you go straight out of high school, similar to what LeBron did? He didn't even have LeBron and Kobe and what they did. They went straight to the NBA fresh out of high school. Yeah, I mean, I think that the one-and-done rule is, is not a very, very successful rule so far because you have guys that they go and play like Zion and RJ will do at Duke where they play one year and then they're straight out to the NBA. As a coach, how do you prepare for – like you you have a new set of players every single year. You can't even prepare for three or four years because you know you're not going to get them for that amount of time. Credit should go to, to Coach K and what he's able to do with, with – these two talents with the time that he had and for them to be one of the most dominant teams in the nation sure Zion and RJ Barrett deserve a lot of the a lot of the credit but coach K has done a great job with all the players that have gone through this Duke team yeah coach K is definitely one of the greatest coaches I'm we've ever seen at any level of basketball and what he does do I mean he won a national championship two or three years ago with a team of mostly one and done that team with Okafer and uh, Tyus Jones, Trey Jones, older brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Final Four and winning a championship, let's go into this year's installment of the Final Four. And it's not a group of teams that you would expect at the beginning of the tournament. There are there is there are two suspects that you could have easily seen within the mix in Virginia and Michigan State. But the surprise this year Maybe a little bit Texas Tech, but then an Auburn team that's that seemingly came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that when I look at the four number one seeds we had at the beginning of this tournament, Duke, North Carolina, uh, Gonzaga, and Virginia, if I had to pick like one that was going to be left, Virginia would be the last one I picked. Because after last year losing to a 16 seed, and then they had the pretty early loss in the – ACC tournament. I just I didn't think they were going to make a very good run at it this year, but obviously they've proven me and everyone else wrong. So, and interesting. You can't overlook the the first Virginia game that they had. They they actually trailed at halftime. Yeah, so their 16 seed. Yeah. It was Gardner Webb, if I recall. I yeah, think that's it who it was. Yeah. So it's. They, they were slow getting out of the gate, but this Virginia team seems to be on a mission after the embarrassment that they had last year. Yeah, and I think that the way they're playing is really good because they're just, if you watch them, they're just having fun out there. Just, they're just playing. They're not playing with a lot of pressure on them. And I think a lot of times when you have a team like Duke that's the number one overall seed, everyone's talking about how dominant they are and how they have you know one of the best recruits we've seen in a while. 
it puts a lot of pressure on those kids. And they're only 18, 19, 20 year old kids that have the weight of the world on their shoulders when they're playing. And I think that's why we saw so many close games with Duke, even in the second and third round. Duke was very slow and they got very fortunate in many of those occasions. Yeah. Speaking of I mean, being... they should have that UCF game. I don't think those balls could have gone any closer to going in at the end. That was, that was, yeah, it was painfully close for the underdog. Whereas, so Virginia's has made their way to the Final Four, but then their opponent coming up is a team that you wouldn't expect to be within the Final Four. They're making history, the Auburn Tigers. Wow. Yeah. And for, for those of you that don't know, I'm actually a big North Carolina fan. I've liked North Carolina my whole life, and so I was watching that whole North Carolina-Auburn game, and I just couldn't believe at the volume of shooting that Auburn had. I mean, they hit 17 threes, I think it was, in that game. That sure and was. at least, a, like, 11 or 12 in the second half, at least. They were just making it rain, and it seemed like North Carolina, every time they would get it within 10, Auburn would just have another little run. Just what crazy Aub- the amount of shooting they had. Is it ever? Auburn has really shot shot the lights out of everyone that they've played. But recently, they, they had a tight one in, in their most recent affair when they played Kentucky. But that Without was... Without their best player. Exactly. And, and with, yeah. with him out as, as well for this upcoming game, this also brings a question. Can they do it again? We'll see. I mean, Virginia is obviously a very good defensive team but they're not the most explosive offensive team that uh, Auburn will even see. I think North Carolina is much harder to contain offensively than uh, Virginia is. And even Kentucky was a very good offensive team too. So we'll see if, if Auburn can light it up again against Virginia. Now let's transition on to from the offense to the defensive end of things and one of the best defensive teams in the country that has made it this far, and that is Texas Tech. And this Texas Tech team has seemed to have risen out from, well, of course, three seeds. They sometimes make it all the way, but this Texas Tech team, they, they, this has been a special year for them. Yeah, it, they came out of nowhere. And even though they were a three seed, not they were, I mean, pretty up there. Three seeds is still, that's a pretty good rank, but they just have shocked everybody. I mean, Gonzaga, I thought Gonzaga was getting, Gonzaga was in my final four and Texas Tech on the defensive end just made them look stupid. I mean, they forced them into horrible shots. They collapsed on the post and then Gonzaga wasn't kicking it out. So very, very interesting Texas Tech team. And then with Michigan State and what they did and how they were able to win their conference championship coming in the clutch against Michigan, and they, they're just carrying that momentum into the tournament, and it showed in their most recent win against Duke. Yeah, for sure. And especially with that controversy of Tom Izzo, I, I don't know which player he was yelling at, but I remember seeing it all over Twitter about him screaming at that player, and I think that... Tom Izzo a lot, gets a lot of hate for his method of coaching. But I think that I would like to see his method of coaching a little bit more in the world today because everyone's so afraid of offending their players or looking like that on live television. But he just he really holds them to a very high standard. There's a reason why Tom Izzo is at the place he is at. 
and that's why Michigan State is in the Final Four. Now let's let's go into some way too early predictions, Dylan. Who do you foresee in the championship game coming up on Monday the 9th? Or the 8th, sorry. <laughs> I Here's what I see. I see Michigan State getting past this. Texas Tech. I think they're just going to outwork them on the defensive end. I think I think they'll get them. And I see Auburn beating Virginia. I think that Auburn just has so much momentum right now, and they have nothing to lose. And Virginia has a lot to lose. I mean, Virginia's a one seed, Auburn's a five seed. And with how hot Auburn's been, and you know, playing with that chip on their shoulder, their best player getting hurt, I think that they're going to get Virginia. That's 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 a bull take. I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. I have I have Virginia winning over Auburn just because they play in the tougher conference obviously in the ACC. I foresee I I see Michigan State also going past Texas Tech just because of the momentum that they are that they are riding recently and all the close affairs and how they've been able to pull games out. I I see Michigan State also in the final. I, I I would to, in my eyes I see Virginia winning over Michigan State in the final for you Dylan you it would be Auburn going up uh, against Michigan State who would you have coming out in that affair I I have Michigan State for a couple reasons I think one of them is Tom Izzo is a very experienced coach in this tournament so game plan wise I think that Tom Izzo is going to come out with just an amazing game plan against Auburn and I think that they'll finally be able to slow down Auburn shooting a little bit and that that is in a, that that can that can play a role and we'll have to wait and see we have a little bit under a week to go before we find out who ends up on top and who will be singing one shining moment what a great song now and this tr- is also Auburn's first time in the Final Four, I believe. Yes, so that is correct. So first time in the national championship too. So they've they've won in football. They and they could win in basketball. Wow, it's incredible to see what this, what the univer- what Auburn University has done. Let's transition into the real reason why we do our show, and that's the NBA. That's the association. So let's go right into it and. Right from the get-go, we have a race for the final spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. The standings at the time of this recording have Detroit and Brooklyn tied with 39 wins on the season. Miami is in the 8th seed with 38 wins, but tied for them in wins is Orlando with 38 wins as well. They have one additional loss. That's why Miami is 8th in the standings. And it's going to be a race for to the finish. And looking at the schedule for the Miami Heat and the games that they have left to go on the schedule, it, it it's a schedule that is important for them to come up big. They have a home-and-home home against the Boston Celtics. Then they play the already eliminated Minnesota Timberwolves. And then they will head north of the border to take on Toronto, and they will have a home affair against the 76ers before they finish out the regular season with a road game against 
the New Jersey Nets and on the other end of things with the Orlando Magic and what they have left to go in their schedule in the race for the final final playoff spot it's important for them to not only win games but go past the Miami Heat as well they have to take on the Raptors as well but they also have matchups against teams out of the playoffs in the Knicks Hawks and Hornets and they also have an affair with the with the Boston Celtics so that brings up the question Dylan who do you think is going to come out of this this final stretch for the last spot well, I mean, does it even really matter, Danny? Uh, I mean, we got – they're just going to – are we playing for who's going to lose to the Bucks in the first round? Yeah, essentially this is who's going to lose – this is this is who's going to lose to the Bucks sweepstakes, <laughs> and it, it's either going to be the Heat and D- Dwayne Wade's swan song, or is it going to be an Orlando Magic team that got lucky and had a losing record and made the postseason? You're, you're exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would I would like to see the Heat make it. Just with Dwayne Wade retiring this season, I think it'd be fun to see if maybe he could put up some highlight plays in the playoffs, especially with the plays he's been putting up lately, the game winners and crazy shots he's been making. I'd love to see D-Wade get one more chance at the playoffs. Oh, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Exactly. You're exactly right there, Dylan. And as we transition onto our next topic, we have some big games going on this weekend, but there is one that catches everyone's eye. It's going to be on Tuesday, and that's going to be tonight, and it's going to be Golden State taking on Denver, and this affair has huge playoff implications. Yeah, Denver's had definitely a year that no one would have expected i think are they sitting in second right now they they're sitting tied with golden state in the standings so this game is going to be huge taking place tonight the tip-off is set for for 7 30 pacific standard time and it's and it's going to take place in oracle arena did you say they're tied i thought golden state was up right now Let's uh d- let's head into our standings. Oh, you are right by only one game, but it's nevertheless it's still one so, game. Yeah, however, they could, they could tie it up. Yeah, for me, I see this Denver team is not really a team that's gonna do a whole lot of damage in the postseason. They play really hard in the regular season and they play like a team in the regular season, but they're not a team like Golden State or Houston or even the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. They can kind of just turn it on. And they, I don't think they have the type of players where they can just kind of turn it on and sweep a team or just put a team away. So I think that if Golden State and Denver play, or when they play, that yeah, it matters for the regular season, but I don't see it having a huge impact going into the postseason. And and this this Denver team, it doesn't. There 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 are there are some key. Well, it's hard to pinpoint a true superstar on this Denver team. However, yeah, I agree. I like Jokic. I think that he's a he's a solid center. I mean, he's fun to watch. Makes good plays. Has great court vision. One of the most skilled big men we have in the NBA right now. 
looking back at the most recent affairs between these two teams, it was the Nuggets who won the first meeting by two, but it was the Warriors who ran away with the next two matchups with the next one coming up tonight. And keep in mind, the one game that the Nuggets were able to win was when they were playing at home, and Denver is notorious for an especially poor, well, not necessarily poor, you can't have a poor road work record when when you're the second best team in your conference but with the road record of the Denver Nuggets being being poor is the currently at the going into this game Denver has a road record of just about 500 so it's not it's not reliable but it's still it, it could still help come postseason time but it's always important to win those home games especially in the postseason but Denver is is one of those teams Dylan that that I I agree with you it's it's hard to see them succeeding in the postseason yeah it is it's hard to see even if they're matched up with a team like Houston I just see I don't see a guy on Denver that can just take over the game like a James Harden or a Kevin Durant or even how Giannis is going, how what he's turning into, just taking over a game like that, I don't see anyone on their team that can really do that. Exactly, and you can't overlook the Golden State Warriors as well. And and to your point, putting on the the Rockets example, just look at what Clay Thompson did in the postseason in in recent years and how he's able to take over games. And he's just one of the key guys that you have to look out for for Golden State. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, Clay is what their their third best player. I think most people aren't going to say that he's better than Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. So when you have a when your third best player can drop forty, that's just it's tough to beat. It's ridiculous, and that is it is that, ridiculous. It's going to be a big game, obviously, and. Well, it's 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 going to be huge, and we're going to go into our pick segment in a little bit, and we are going to tell you who's going to win this game. But first, the Mac and Miles show has done it well before, and we are going to do the very same as well. That's right, it's coming back. The not-so-golden power rankings, where we list our top five teams, not the Warriors, in the NBA <laughs> this season. So let's first begin with the, the with number five. Dylan, who is your number five team in, in the not-so-golden power rankings? I have the Celtics there right now. Boston. I think that they definitely can make their way up the line. But right now they're number five because they haven't been playing too hot. But they definitely have all the pieces to turn it on and maybe sneak up into the top three. But for now, I got them as far as. Boston recently with a record of 3-1 and one in the previous week, and they seem to be trending on their way up. And it's important, especially come playoff time, and that's why it's important to be winning those late-season games so you can carry your momentum throughout. For me, the, the team that I have personally at number 5 is the Portland Trailblazers having a record recently of 
eight and two in in their last ten. They seem to be on fire, even though they they did, however, suffer the the loss of Jusiv Nurcic, which was a terrible injury. But this Portland team, they're still finding their way to win, and that's why I yeah. have them in number four in my rankings, or number five rather. Sorry. Now let's yeah, I agree. I have transitioning off that. I have Portland as my number four. They're at your number four. Yeah, I I watched them play just the other night. I can't remember who they were playing, but seeing uh, Damian Lillard is just, he's on a roll right now. He's playing so tough. He gets to the basket anytime he wants. He can shoot the outside ball really well. And he just has that grit and that heart that you love to see, especially going to the playoffs. I can see him. or And I think McCollum is going to be back for the postseason. I can see either one of those guys just lighting it up. A well-rounded team indeed, and that's why they landed on the not-so-golden power rankings. So, Dylan, you have them at number... So you have Boston at number five, and then Portland at number four. So that brings, brings us to my personal number four. And to me, that's a team that is red hot with a record who's, and they've won four in a row recently. And that is the Utah jazz. And, and what else can you say about this team? They, they made their splash in recent years and they seem to be lighting it up at just the right time. And they have the great scoring presence in Joe Ingles, who is having a career year. This Utah team is very special. Yeah, they're, they're, Definitely pretty tough this year. I don't have them in my top five, but they're tough. So that is my that that's number four on my list. Now let's head to our number threes. So my number three is going to be the Toronto Raptors. Ooh, that's I think a good that one. this year, I mean, they definitely reshaped their team, getting rid of DeRozan, but bringing in Kawhi Leonard, who is a very experienced postseason player, obviously, and. He can get it done at the offensive end, and he can get it done at the defensive end. And I think that he's just going to be a presence in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Very much so. Toronto having a a great year. They are currently sitting at number two in the Eastern Conference, just behind Milwaukee. And as well, I have to I have to take. The I have well Toronto is is an impressive team and that's why I also have them at my number three just because of the sole fact of how well rounded that team is and how they they they've worked so well with adding Kawhi Leonard into the mix as well Dylan. Yeah, for sure. So that's so surprisingly both of us have Toronto at number three on the list and now that brings us to number two and number one. So let's first begin with our number twos first. So I got Milwaukee at number two. Just They've been really hot this year. I mean, they're in first place in the Eastern Conference right now. And Giannis is really, I mean, he's been a tough player for a couple of years, but he's really finding that superstar, uh, superstar status this year. And I just think that trying to stop him in the playoffs is going to be really tough. And especially they're going to have you know, either the the Heat or the Magic in the first round. I I can't see either one of those teams stopping Giannis. So I think he'll find a lot of confidence in the first round. I think he'll just keep it going all the way through. Giannis seems to be one of the front runners for MVP, but it's an adversary 
who is having his team at number two in my rankings, and that's the Houston Rockets. And it's because of how well-rounded this team is, not only having James Harden and the presence that he's been, but you also have Chris Paul, who with the veteran presence and his leadership, can it can go a long way to help this Houston Rockets team go deep in the postseason. That's why I have them ranked at number two in my not-so-golden rankings. Yeah, and my number one is actually Houston. I I think that James Harden is the most unstoppable player in the NBA right now. I don't necessarily think that Houston plays the best team basketball, but when you have James Harden on your team and you get him the ball, he just puts it in the basket, and you've got to give him his step back three or his drive to the bucket, which he makes a good amount of both of them. So that's why I got Houston at my number one. And, well... That, that, they certainly belong there. And for me, I have Milwaukee, and you have to go over the same. You, this Milwaukee team is, also, is special. You, sure, you have Giannis, but you can't overlook Chris Middleton and what he's able to do for this Milwaukee Bucks team. And, use, and with him using the size that he has, he's able to use it very effectively. Yeah, for sure. So that that is our not-so-golden power rankings for this week. And next week, I'm sure teams will flip-flop and, and change and come in and out and flip a few places as well. So that is our not-so-golden power rankings. Now let's head to... A, to a, a topic that we always have on the Mac and Miles show, and yes, we're going to continue it. It's the picks. So let's go right into it with our picks. The first game on our list, it's a big one. It's Denver and Golden State. Yeah, and like I said, I, I have Golden State winning this one. I just think going into the postseason, they're going to make it a point to show that they're still the top dog in the West, and I think that Kevin Durant will come out and he'll take it serious and Clay and Steph will take it serious. And I think just like the last two times these teams have met that Golden State's just going to put them away. What scares me about this Denver team is how they are ridiculously great at home, but on the road, they aren't quite the best. So I'm going to take Golden State from that standpoint. Now let's head into... Wednesday, and we have two great matchups taking place. First, the Houston Rockets, who are heading to L.A. to take on the Clippers. Yeah, for this one, I chose Houston, just because I think that L.A. is not going to be able to stop James Harden. And I think going into the postseason, it's another one of those matchups where Houston's one, one or two spots above L.A. right now, and they're going to make it a point to get this win to show them that they're not uh, Houston's still just as good as they've been the last couple of years. They're going to take care of business. L.A. has a great home record as they have one of the best in the, in the association. They sit with a record of 25-13 and 13 at home. That's why I'm going to take the Clippers over the Rockets' 20-18 and 18 road record. So, I, so we're both switching our, our opinions here where Dylan has Houston and I have L.A. taking this one. Now to another game that's taking place on Wednesday night. That would be tomorrow. It's the Milwaukee Bucks who are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. Yes, Danny, and I have the Bucks for this one, too. I think that the Bucks, if you know, they got that first seed right now, and they're going to 
try to show they're, that they're the top dog in the East and they're going to, Giannis is going to come out and want to just do work against the 76ers. And you have that beef of, um, why am I blanking on his name? Who are, who's the center for the 76ers? I don't Embiid. know why. I'm Embiid. Yeah. Embiid is always trolling people and talking mess. And I think Giannis is just going to come right at him and want to throw down some dunks on him. So that's why I picked the bucks for this game. To your point, Dylan, the Sixers' chemistry is is highly debatable at this stage. And with Jimmy Butler and what he was doing to try and get out of Minnesota, that could come back to bite him later on. You never know. And that is also why that I am taking Milwaukee, even though they are traveling to Philadelphia. I, I can't trust the, I'm I'm not sold on the Sixers just yet, just because of all those problems. That's why I am I'm going to take Milwaukee as well. Now let's yeah, head into Friday's games, and there are two great ones as well, Dylan. First, it's Boston who's traveling to Indiana to take on the Pacers. I I got Boston for this one just because they're three and one in their last four, and they have their full team right now and indiana's without oladipo and oladipo is a huge piece of their team like definitely their all-star and definitely their best player so i think that boston is just gonna take care of business at the time of this recording indiana in their last 10 games is three and seven and boston has been 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 doing very well as of late they have they have been winning quite a few games and when it matters the most. So that's why even though this Indiana team might be playing at home, I'm taking Boston in this affair as well. Now let's head to the final matchup, and that will be taking place on Friday, of course. It's going to be Portland, who's traveling to Denver to take on the Denver Nuggets, who currently sit in second place in the in the Western Conference. Dylan, can we see an upset over here? Yeah, and this is actually my pick for the upset of the week, too, is I'm taking the Blazers in this game. I think that Portland's been playing really well, and even without Nurkic, I think that they're just they're so tough with Damian Lillard running the point, I think that they're going to take down Denver in that game. I I relayed this earlier in the show, Dylan, but in my eyes, Denver at home, you can't overlook them, though. Yeah, well, I, I guess I am for this one, Danny. Okay, we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to be butting heads for this one. So we'll have to wait and see. Coming up next week, you'll have the Dylan Cooley a uh, humility show where we will we'll have to wait and see who knows it might it might come back and hit me in the face i i shouldn't talk too much trash on our first show <laughs> no i have denver in this affairs but to your point dylan the upsets of the week before we go into my upset of the week first let's go into the locks of the week yeah for this one i have golden state over the lakers on thursday and the Lakers just recently shut LeBron down for the rest of the season, and I think that Golden State's just going to go in there. And I don't see any scenario where the Lakers take them down. Yeah, when you have a team that doesn't ha- that doesn't seem to have much going for them, especially with the best, well, essentially one of the best players in the world, and with LeBron being out of the mix, it's tough for them to win. 
But there, there are some occasions where some teams might rise to the occasion. More to come about that in a moment. But for me, for my luck of the week, this game is taking place on Wednesday. And I have the Red Hot Utah Jazz taking on a Phoenix Suns team that is in last place. But they have been hot recently. But come on, you, you can't pick against a team that's 9-1 and one their last 10, can you? That's why my luck of the week is the Utah Jazz over Phoenix. Now let's head into, so we already heard the upset of the week in for Dylan and him having the Portland Trailblazers heading to Denver and taking the upset win. Now here is my upset pick, and even though LeBron was shut down, when you have two teams in the same city going at it, you, you throw all the records away. That's why I have the Lakers upsetting the Clippers. Interesting. Interesting. I be- well, rivalry games are where you throw everything out. That's why LA <laughs> is going to have is going to be the site of an upset with the visiting LA Lakers in their own building upsetting the L.A. Clippers because of that rivalry factor that you have to, that you can't overlook whenever you have a rivalry game, especially between two teams that are in the same city. You buying? Yeah. That's good. That's a good pick. So that's why I have the Lakers over the Clippers and in, in, as my upset of the week. So that is all the time that we have in this week's installment of the Dan and and Dill Show. Once again, thanks to my co-host, Dylan Cooley, for calling in from Tacoma, Washington. Thanks for for your time here today. Of course, I had a great time. So once again, for Dylan Cooley, I'm Danny DeVock saying so long for another episode of the Dan and Dill Show. Powered by 88 Won the Berg, your basketball central.